What's up, guys? Welcome back to Come At Me, Bro. This is episode 38. I am one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside no Drew this week, but we do have Tyler. What's up, Tyler? What up? How's it going? Yeah, I know Drew this week. He's out in Germantown, Germany, not Germantown. Uh, that's in Maryland. Germany, all the way across the water, all, all the way across the pond, that is. Um, and so it's just, it's just you and me, buddy. I mean, it's like back in the old days, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we had to send Drew overseas with his lack of soccer knowledge or football, as they call it over in Europe. You and I just figured we'd have to ship him over there to get a little firsthand experience with the Bundesliga. That's right. So he's he's learning first thing. Is he is he actually looking at any games? Is he going to be able to check out any? I hope he. I don't actually know where he is, but I want to say he's in the Bayern Munich territory, so he should go to a game. Okay. Great. Yeah, I had I speaking of uh, soccer, I got to see one of. Uh, one of our good bu- uh, pals who play for the National Soccer Club, uh, he was in, he was in the area playing uh, against Loudoun United, won two zero Saturday night. Had a little uh, alumni crowd of George Mason peeps there um, supporting him, and he's uh, he's looking really good. They're they're number one right now atop their league, so um, that's they'll they'll play playoffs in the next couple of weeks. So um, hopefully they win the whole thing for the. I mean, granted it's under um, what do you call it. It's like the the MLS, yeah, the MLS below, um, but still, I mean, that's pretty good. The United Soccer League, I think it's called USL. And he's what is he Nashville again? He's Nashville, yeah, Nashville Soccer Club. Yeah, so huge shout out to Taylor Washington over there, a friend of ours from college. Uh, really good stuff happening there. So hopefully he moves his way on up. I'd love to see Taylor on an MLS team. He did what, it was a brief stint in Philadelphia for a while. Yeah, he got drafted by Philly, and then uh, can kind of been bouncing around with 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 different teams and wanting him different places. And he um he so believe it or not, Nashville actually goes to the MLS next year. Right. So, um, they he could get signed by them re or re-sign, and so they he'd be an MLS player, um, which would be pretty cool. So we'll see. Keep your fingers crossed. Would be pretty sick. He's one of those full package players too. He's not only good on the field, but I love the personality he brings as well from like interviews when we were at George Mason together interviewing him for whether it be club sport competitions or regular sport competitions with Mason soccer team. I mean, he's a great interviewer. He's also a really good person. So props off to Taylor. I'd love to see him make it big. I'd love to see him have a really successful career in the MLS. Oh, he's a great guy down to earth. Um, and uh, I know he'd be appreciate. I know I know he's a, not a full time listener, but I know he listens every once in a while, so he'll get a kick out of us talking about this. But hey, speaking of more soccer, going to back to football, um, <laughs> how, how's you know how's the NFL? I mean, have you have you seen a lot of games, Joey? I've seen quite a few, and honestly, so I think this is the worst year of predictions I've had through the first three weeks, which is funny because I didn't put as much money on it this year. Uh, I've been a little all over the place. There's been some teams that I've just not figured out, the Browns being one of them in particular. The Browns just blew out the Ravens, 40-25 to here. A lot of it on the back of Nick Chubb, who I think he had like 225 yards rushing, if I remember correctly, maybe three touchdowns. He just had monster numbers. What are your thoughts on the Browns? This is a team that has floundered at the beginning. They've shown resilience. They have a strong roster. You see them continuing on the upward trend. You see them middling out. What are you thinking for the Browns this year? I definitely see them middling out. I do. I mean, I know they can compete against the best. It's just they they need to put the they need to put it together. Um, and sorry to, for being repetitive, but they need to make sure that they have their offense. They need to click. I mean, this is a good group who has had not a lot of time to play together. And so because they haven't had a lot of time to play together, they're still trying to gel. So when you have Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, uh, Jarvis Landry, you have those weapons with Baker. Now they just need to learn how to play together. Um, And so 
they they finally made that work um, to a defense that the Ravens thought was good is not good and has and is was definitely overrated going into this game because they haven't played good teams. Um, they played Miami, which jacked up their defense. Um, they played Arizona. Uh, they played Arizona. So I mean, you play two of the worst teams in the NFL, and your defense looks like the New England Patriots, um, which New England Patriots actually has a crazy defense that somehow Bill Belichick has incorporated Chinese trigonometry into it, and no one knows how to figure <laughs> it out. Um, now, granted, they haven't played good offensive productive teams, but just seeing how he was able to, to control Josh Allen this past week and just other teams is just, is just remarkable. Um, so I have to give props to him. But on the flip side, of that, you look at the Bills' defense. I mean, they they only only giving Brady 150 yards. I mean that that's a preseason game for Brady. Only giving him 150 yards, and he played the full game. I mean that is that's pretty pretty good for the Buffalo Bills. Anyways, going back to the Browns, they need to figure out how to gel. And so I think if you give it three four weeks, they're gonna be above 500 for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they have potential. I mean, looking at their schedule overall, so the Titans, they played them week one. They lost 43-13. It's week one, though. You can give a little bit of credit here. They're still trying to gel, like you said. It's the first week out of the gates. Maybe there's some nerves, but they got blown out. Then they go on to the Jets in week two. They win 23-3. to Yeah, the scoreline sounds great, but it's the Jets, and the Jets without their starting quarterback, and they lost their second-string quarterback in the game, if I remember correctly. This is a floundering Jets team, and the Browns only put up 23 points. They held them to three, though, so I think there is something to take away there. Week three, we move on. We see them take on the Rams. The Rams are a very strong team right now. They look like a top contender. 20-13 to 13 in that matchup, the Rams take the win. So it almost feels like the Browns are playing to their level of competition. Then in this one, like you said, we both felt like the Ravens were a little overhyped with the teams they'd played. The Browns completely blew them out, this time on the ground, which we hadn't really seen their ground game get going yet. So I feel like they've shown us so many different facets, but they've also shown us that they're willing to play down to the level of competition. Well, maybe not willing, but they're going to play down to the level of competition in certain senses as well. I feel like now that we're seeing them establish the run game, this is the key for the Browns. If they can get Nick Chubb going, if they can eventually get Kareem Hunt going, if they can get that ground game going, I think it's going to open up a lot more for Mayfield to find those playmakers in the wide receiver core. I almost had a heart attack. Looking at, the ES- <laughs> looking at the ESPN top headlines on the right-hand side, and it said, Chubb, done for 2019. I was like, no. There goes one <laughs> of my fantasy teams. But it was for the Broncos, which still sucks. So if you have Broncos D, good luck with them. But um, I, I almost had a heart attack. I like It was in the middle. I had just ended class, and I was just, you know, just happened to scroll through ESPN at the end of the day, and I almost yelled and screamed saying, what the heck? You know, how did that happen? But tripped going to the water fountain. <laughs> yeah, his, it was uh, it was it was a good sigh of relief. Um, speaking of the Rams, because I know the Browns had played the Rams. What an upset by Tampa Bay. Yeah. Where did they come from? That's a big one for sure. I mean, that I was looking at. Yeah, I, I was looking at the game just because I don't think it was anywhere in local television, but I was just looking at the bottom score. And at one point, the Rams were up. 38 to 20 mm-hmm. I think and then they got it within seven or eight and I was like all right well the Rams are going to come back and win and sure enough you know Jared Goff or someone fumbles and Tampa Bay scores 20 more points to get to 54 or you know 14 more points whatever it is 16 more points um so I mean that was that is a that was just a total total surprise seeing that the Rams were able to pull one out 
I mean, the Buccaneers. Okay, let's talk about my what the teams. So there's a few teams I had as dark horses this year that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans. These are two teams that I thought would be fringe but be able to push their way forward as stronger teams than people expected. The two teams that have blown me off guard, well, three actually, one did not play this week. I've been really surprised by the Detroit Lions. I mean, this is a powerful Chiefs offense they've faced this week. The Chiefs only scored 34 points. The Lions put up 30. I mean, their defense has looked really strong overall. Their offense has been clicking. Stafford made one of the best throws I've seen all year for a touchdown. I mean, the Lions look good. On top of that, the Buccaneers have really surprised me and the San Francisco 49ers. Do any of these three teams surprise you this much this season, four weeks in, as they've surprised me? Detroit, number one. I mean, Stafford wasn't even expected. He he is on a career start list of 132 starts right now, and he wasn't sure if he was going to play. Um, and so I actually put him on the bench because he had some hip problems right at the end of the week. So I actually put Jacoby Brissett in in one of my leagues. He still ended up – Jacoby somehow still ended up giving me 22, and Stafford ended up giving me 21. But – I'm very surprised by Detroit, but they kind of have the weapons. I mean, they, they have Stafford, who people think is done and un, and overrated. I think he's underrated right now because he finally has weapons at receiver with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. and Carryon Johnson. And with those three, kind of those the trio there, he can throw the ball anywhere they want. It's like he has two Calvin Johnsons now. Um, and he's never – I feel like Stafford's never had a slot receiver, and now Marvin Johnson – has finally come about. So if you don't have him on your fantasy team, I would figure out how to get him. And Kenny Galladay is the new Calvin Johnson. Um, but people just don't know about him because he's he because Detroit's so bad. And they're not because they can put points on the board with Stafford as long as he's healthy and stays healthy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm the biggest surprise to Detroit. And I'm happy to see them do well because I have Kenny Galladay and I have Stafford in several of my leagues. At least Kenny Galladay, not Stafford, just one of my leagues. But um, so I'm I'm very happily surprised that they're doing well. Um, and two teams I'm not that I hope don't do well um, is the is the San Francisco 49ers with Garoppolo, um, who who is who I think is just really overrated. I mean, he played so poorly in against Pittsburgh. They sh- Pittsburgh should have won that game, um, and they just literally gave it to San Francisco. Um, and then, you know, he, he just, he, people thought he was going to be great. He is not, he's been nothing but mediocre, if not poor at best. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, San Francisco's killed me a few weeks now. Like I've picked against them and they've won. It just seems like maybe Garoppolo is not the star quarterback that a lot of people think he is. I'm with you. I don't think he's that great, but I think he is high enough mid tier that they can get the job done in a lot of their matchups. I'm curious to see how they play against some other teams like a Seattle, for example. How are we going to see them match up? So they match against the Steelers. They came out barely on top, 24-20 in that one. But the Steelers have looked very, very, very lackluster this year. The defense has looked all right. The offense has looked terrible. But then the Steelers really pushed the Seahawks. The Seahawks came out 28-26. So I really want to see how this team, the San Francisco 49ers, matches up against someone like the Seahawks. How are they really going to do against the Seahawks team that they pressed it with the Steelers, they pressed it with the Bengals, how are they going to show against this division rival? That's a big, big key for me. I really want to see how they play in the division. On top of that, jumping back to your Lions just quickly, uh, like you said, I think the key is the wide receiver core, and we didn't really jump too much. You mentioned Galladay. You mentioned Marvin Jones. They're very talented, but I think the depth at wide receiver as well, plus the way they're able to string up that field. A lot of people are sleeping on Galladay and Jones in drafts. I said it in our draft. I think they're very talented. The one who sold my question mark is Carrion Johnson. 
I think a lot of people are hyping up Kerryon Johnson. That's where I fall short. I think they're underhyping the wide receivers. I think they're overhyping the running back. The Lions haven't really had that strong of a running game in years. I think Kerryon brings a stronger game than they've had in the past, but I still think they're overhyping him. Do you think he's really that hype? I think he gets the job done. I don't. I don't think he's overhyped. I think there's not a lot of running backs in this running backs in this league that mm-hmm. um, that you can take um, because really the only ones that really stand out are the Ezekiel Elliotts, the Todd Gurleys, uh, the Christian McCaffrey, who's just if you just have him on your team, you're gonna beat probably five out of your ten teams in your league if you have him on your team. So there's not many running backs, but he would have to fall in that top ten because. What, what Detroit can do is pass the ball, and when they don't have seven guys in the box, they can run it. And so Carryon Johnson finds the ability to either take the screen or, or run it and get those, get those yards. So I think that's, what's, that's what people have been, maybe not overhyping, but um, been hyping about of, of that potential for fantasy points and just getting yards on the ground. So what, which, out of all the divisions, AFC and NFC, which one do you think is the most competitive? the most difficult uh like the division specifically yeah oh um there's a lot that i like the top two teams in the overall best uh, i might say for the afc i'd probably go afc south and i think i'd probably go afc south overall yeah i mean afc afc look. south every- afc south nfc west i think would be the two yep th- those are exactly my two the afc south everyone is two and two the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans are all two and two, um, and then the West. The only weak, the only um, ugly duckling is the Arizona Cardinals. Literally, the only ugly bird in there um, is the Arizona Cardinals because <laughs> they just are awful with, with unfortunately a freshman quarterback who, I think people are still overhyping. Which I think he has some potential, maybe, but I think, they, I mean, they haven't won a game, so we'll see. Yeah, I think it's just going to take time for them to mesh. I mean, that's a younger offense now. You got Kyler there. You have uh, Kirk is a younger wide receiver. It's just going to take time to build some tendencies, to build some relationships, to build some synergy in a sense. So I do see the Cardinals making a little bit of a turn halfway through the season. Again, not enough to get them in a playoff. Not enough to really take down the Seahawks or the Rams or maybe even the 49ers. But I do think we will see a turn from the Cardinals for a better side of a second half of the season. All right, Joey, I have four teams. Who comes out of the NFC West, though? Uh, if you can only choose one team out of here, who do you take? I'm, oh, man. See, I really want Seattle, but I feel like the Rams, like, Seattle is good. Um, but I feel like the Rams are going to come out on top only because they have the wide receiver weapons. And I'm not saying Seattle doesn't, but I feel like that was a flute game by Tampa Bay um, where I think defense just fell asleep. I don't think the defense showed up for either team, um, but I don't think the Rams will ever have those mistakes again, especially with Wade Phillips. Um, so I, I would say the Rams are coming out on top uh, of that with Seattle very, very, very close, and San Francisco maybe 8-8, eight and 6-10. Eight, and ten. I like it. Yeah, I would take the Seahawks to fall second to the Rams as well. The reason being, I don't think the Seahawks have played enough competition. You have a win against Cincinnati. Woohoo. Cincinnati can't even find how to throw the ball some games. You look at the Rams. Yeah, they lost to Tampa Bay, but like you said, maybe not a fluke. Maybe it's just showing the Rams aren't a perfect team, but they can still get it done or they can at least still score on a very similar pace. The Seahawks also another win. I think it was Pittsburgh they played against. 
Pittsburgh looks like they've come out with a broken leg. They're missing all three of their Bs from their talented few seasons previously. No Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell, no Ben Roethlisberger. So with this new-look Steelers, I think there's a lot to come about, and I think there's a lot of practice that needs to be done to get these players working together. At the same point, it is not the same Steelers. You lost your best wide receiver. You lost your best running back. You lost your best quarterback. Now you're kind of working with the pieces you have left. So for me, it's kind of like the Ravens situation. This is another bird that I don't really know if it's taken off in flight yet. It's kind of just weaning its way through these little light trees on the beach side. I want to see this bird really take flight. I want to see them pay attention to higher level competitions. I want to see them play at the highest level. And for me so far, the Seahawks are just kind of gliding along. I need to see higher level competition to really take them up. And because of that, the Rams showed us last year, they have tons of potential. Now they have Cooper cut back from injury. Woods looks great. Cooks looks great. Gurley is actually playing again. Uh, now that we see Gurley really taking control of the field like he did in previous seasons outside of the end of this last year, I think this Rams team is really, really strong, especially if they can get their defense on the same page. Um, so there are seven teams that are, have no wins. Do you want to guess what those teams are? Seven teams with no wins? With no wins. Yeah, that's right. Seven. Uh, I can tell you one right off the bat. That would be the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And see, that's the funny thing is the Dolphins are, but there are six other teams. Six other teams. I mean, that's, I feel like in week four, I feel like usually there's only two or three, but we have seven teams that have not so, won a game. Okay, I'm going to try this. All right. So we got the Dolphins. Ding. Um, I know the Bengals are winless. Ding. I know the Steelers are winless. Ding. Um, the Redskins are winless. Ding. Cardinals. Ding. What are we at? Four or five-ish? We're at five. So I have two more. Uh, can I have a hint? Uh, AFC West. AFC uh, Raiders got to win Broncos. Yeah, ding. What's the other one I'm missing? Oh, one. I know, the Jets. The, the Jets, Jets very their good. Their third-string quarterback. Which, which they didn't <laughs> lose this week. They had a bye. <laughs> oh. So they didn't lose. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, I mean, seven teams, I feel like that's a lot. So, my question to you, I guess, is what team is going to tank? Like, I feel like the Dolphins are not tanking, but people say they are. I mean, I feel like the Dolphins are terrible. Teams, I don't think you can tank when you're at the bottom of the drain getting sucked down. Oh, you know who's the worst team? Because uh, if you think the Dolphins are the worst team, I know what the worst team is. I'm curious who you would say because the Dolphins are pretty darn low for me. I'd love to see a match between them and the Steelers right now. Well, I can tell you the Skins, the Washington Reds, the Washington Racial Slurs, and the Dolphins will play each other week six. And I would not be surprised if the Miami Dolphins beat the Washington Racial Slurs because they are so bad at defense. They give up 65% on third downs, meaning if you are playing the Washington Redskins defense, there's a 65% chance you're going to get a third down conversion, meaning you'll get a first down. That's how bad the Skins' defense is. I mean, they're literally a nuclear bomb melting down, and it's been just a S show when it comes to media about the Redskins because of how much these this media is just going crazy of how stupid bad these Redskins are. The comparisons have I been mean, they have pretty not hilarious. Looked very good. 
I don't oh, think the players awful. are that terrible on defense. Uh, to me, it's more of a coaching thing. Like, I think if you take the players from the Redskins, take the players from the Dolphins, I would probably pick the Redskins to win that matchup. When is it? Week six? Week six. I, I can't take Jay Gruden seriously. He. I'm going to be curious old, if Jay Gruden is still there by week six. He has his old man glasses looking like <laughs> my great-grandfather looking at a newspaper on a Sunday morning when he's looking at his playbook. Just trying to figure out, hmm, should we run the ball here, or uh, you know what? I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to put it over for the first down, do a quarterback sneak, and pretend like it's a touchdown, <laughs> and put the ball over. I mean, the 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 stupidity I feel like he brings, and it all comes from the very top, which is Dan the Man Snyder, who doesn't know his right from his left. He has ran this organization into the ground. Um, since 2000 he's the youngest general manager he has no idea what he's doing and him and bruce allen have just totally dismantled this team and have has literally just said yeah we'll just you know people are, we still get paid we don't care i mean they've just literally thrown this team down into a dumpster fire and said watch it burn and unfortunately they have 12 games left um and so i would think that the washington redskins are going to be getting the first-round pick. So this is interesting so as well. So the Redskins next week are going to lose to the Patriots, most likely. I would be stunned <laughs> if that doesn't happen. Then from I, there, I, I Miami mean, actually has a bye that week. Win. I would love to see the Patriots win. I would love to see the Patriots win. I, mean, I, I love to see the Skins win. Oh, yeah. I would think a lot of people won, would, to be honest. I would be so <laughs> Anyone happy. outside of New England would absolutely love that. <laughs> But the real key is the Dolphins do have a bye next week. So we're talking they get a full week of preparation for this terrible Redskins team moving into week six. So I would not be surprised if the odds start to go slightly in favor of the Dolphins for this matchup. I don't know what they're at right now. But I don't know. If you're a betting man, do you take the Dolphins with the extra week of prep and how bad the Redskins are playing, or do you take the Redskins in week six? Especially with a possible coaching change on the horizon, at least with the media calling for the head of the coach. I'm taking Miami, man. I'm taking Miami to beat them. Swimming the Dolphins up? I, I'm I'm taking the Dolphins going to smack around the Washington racial slurs like no one's business. Now, see, this is going to go against the core of my being, and not because I'm a Redskins fan in any sense, but I've been playing my survival league football based on whoever the Dolphins are playing against. I'm taking the <laughs> whoever the <laughs> Dolphins are playing against to be the winner in that. So with this one, I'm a little nervous for my survival pool that week if I stick with my yeah. tradition there. Of this, there's gotta be a better pick. There's gotta be a better. Pick, I though. think there is, but I feel like I don't know. The Dolphins haven't let me down yet. The Redskins let me down a lot. So I, there's a lot of stuff going in that's colliding there that I'm usually let down by both these teams. I don't know which one to choose. Have you been scared a little bit? I mean, at one point the Dolphins were almost beating the Cowboys, and then they were leading against the Chargers. Right, right, right. I can guarantee you the Bills are probably going to lose the Dolphins one game. Ah, uh, I don't think so. I think the Bills take them. I think the Bills sweep wrong. I mean, the problem with the Bills is they need more offensive production, but I think that's going to come. I think the defense is strong enough that the Bills will be able to score at least one defensive touchdown in one of the games against the Dolphins, and I think that'll be enough of a cushion because the Dolphins look like they're floundering on the shore and they don't look like they can really score very much. And I agree if Frank Corey can run. If we have a running game, we can throw the ball, but Josh Allen's out now, and now we can't extend plays. So if we don't have a running game, we can't throw the ball. I like Barkley. Because Josh Allen got a concussion, which I'm very upset about. But I think it's a little bit of a blessing to this guy. I hope he's not hurt. I hope he's not done for the season. But the hit he took, oh, man, that was scary. 
That was not a pretty hit. Okay, so let's do this. Dolphins, Redskins, the way it stands, you're going to take the Dolphins. The way it stands, I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Um, But if you're coaching both teams here, if you're the coach of the Redskins and you're the coach of the Dolphins, you're mirroring yourself player-wise, which team do you think is better right now if we take out the head coach? See, I haven't seen really the Dolphins. I don't know who... I don't know who's on their team. I know their skins because I'm in the area. I'm in the D.C. area, and I hear about them. And, you know, with the whole Trent Williams thing, and I think I'm going with the Dolphins. Um, really? And the reason for it, they have Kenyon Drake. They have – it looks like a quarterback now can actually throw the ball. Yeah, they have Rosen, here, I believe. Um, which I – people say Rosen's garbage. I don't think he's given a fair chance yet. Um, so – and for, for the most part, I think he's putting up pretty good numbers. Um I mean, they're playmakers. Other than Kenyon Drake, I think that's who you have to go through. And then, you know, maybe a receiver here and there. But I have to look at a couple of their – I'm looking at their their depth chart right now. So give me a second. Um, yeah, they got no one on offense. <laughs> um, they, I mean, literally just Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker. That's it. And then Alan Hearns, who's out. Um, but yeah, they have no one. So dun 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 dun. And uh, the kicker. Yeah, who's their kicker? Uh, Are you really going down to the kicker? Oh, <laughs> uh, I see a kick returner. Oh, maybe Jason Sanders. I guess. The, oh, place kicker Jason Sanders. All right. So yeah, it's uh, the real edge winner right there, going for the kicker yeah. tiebreaker. Yeah, I, I, I and mean, Dustin Hopkins has not done well. He's missed a couple kicks. So, um, right. Yes, I agree that if if the Redskins' offense is healthy, I mean, right now with McLaren out, Jordan Reed's out. Um, I think they're missing another receiver. You have AP. Oh, Geis is out. Um, so I mean, they're Redskins are missing some people on offense as well. So, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun game. That it will. That it will. Uh, speaking of interesting, jumping to our next topic, fantasy football. So over in the OTN League, Tyler, taking a look at your team, you are going to take your first loss this week. You started out 3-0 and through the first three weeks. It looks like you are going to be dropping uh, 97.1 to 124 currently. It looks like both of you are done playing for the week uh, with no Monday night players. How are you doing in all your other leagues, though, so far? So 3-1 and in the OTN League. What are you looking like? You said what? You're playing five or six leagues? So I'm in six leagues. Three money, three non-money. Uh, OTN is non-money, clearly. Um, but one of the leagues I want to give a shout-out to is my is the West Potomac League that I'm in with a couple Ooh. teachers. And uh, I was getting so much flack on the fact that during the projections, I was ranked last in the people who I picked. Uh-huh. And where am I right now? 4-0. So Whoa. suck it, all you haters. How about <laughs> that? How about them apples? Um, now, granted, there's like 12 teams or 14 teams in the league. So, I mean, it's a long season. I'm not going to play anyone twice. But um, um, I, I just got to, you know, I need to make a couple of trades because I need a running back. I only have Joe Mixon right now, and he's just not getting it done for me. So I need a running back right now um, to, to really get me uh, at least ahead it, – at least get me comfortable because right now every week I'm going and I'm like, man, I need Joe Mixon to do well and I need either Rashad Penny or Malcolm Brown because those are my only running backs. Um, and, oh, and yeah, like you I need s- some RB. And like I said, running backs are, you know, premiums, premiums um, at this point. Quarterbacks, you can take any quarterback. They're going to put up anywhere from 15 to 20 points, 25 points. 
you know, if you have Mahomes, great. But, you know, running backs kind of, you know, you have good receiver core, which I have, but running backs are what I'm missing right now. So I'm trying to figure out a couple trades here and there within the league. So I'm very happy about that. Um, we'll see how happy come four weeks later, and I'm 4-4. Four and four. But anyways, uh, besides the point, my other two leagues, I'm all right. Um, there is one point in my other league that I have money league. I have the most points against, and I'm 1-3 right now. So that, that's that been a little depressing where I've been putting up a lot of points, but somehow people have been putting up 200 points because they have Christian McCaffrey on their team, and I'm like, are you serious? So that's been a little frustrating. But other than that, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable. You know, I'm not, okay, we're going to do something fun really quick. It's a little out. We've never done something like this before. So I'm about to make a flash bet for a flash draft on DraftKings for the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. All right. So if you want to pull up the stats... So this is a bet we're going to make now. There's 10 minutes left in the second quarter, and it's going to be a bet for statistics in the third quarter. Oh, man. So it's going to draft in 30 seconds. We're going to get five picks between three different players, and we're going to see who we're going to play, and then we'll report ne- back on it next week. Because why it's not? It's in the third quarter, correct? How they perform in the and third And if we quarter? win something big, I'll split the money with you. Yeah, so we're drafting for the third quarter. It's 9.52 left in the second. Draft starts in 15 seconds. Again, it's like five picks, and there's going to be three options. So I'll read through them quickly. I think we get 15 seconds to draft. So wait, are we facing each other? No, no, no. This is just me okay. facing the world. Okay, I'm helping you. And if we win All big, right. then we helping can you. go buy dinner. Okay. okay, first draft. Jay Connor, Jay Ross the third, or Jay Mixon? 10 seconds on the clock. Uh, let's go with 7-3 um, uh, game. Five only seconds. third quarter, Joe Mixon. Okay, got it. Round two. Results, Connor was drafted the most. Round two, Mason Rudolph, Boswell with two times points or Jay Washington with 1.5 times points? James Washington I'm plays thinking for Pittsburgh? kicker or quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, you let's go with Rudolph. I mean, I think he's going to have to Rudolph it is. Boswell was drafted the most. Round three, Andy Dalton, Smith-Schuster with 1.5, Andy Dalton with 1.5, or Tyler Boyd with 2.0? Uh, you said. Well, I think you go Boyd on this let's one. Let's go Boyd. I think he'll he'll. With he'll two Andy Dalton's need to throw the ball because they're already down seven three. So, um, it, Boyd was the most drafted, just ahead of Dalton. Uh, we have D Johnson from Pittsburgh, wide receiver, Bullock, kicker for Cincinnati, or Boswell, kicker for Pittsburgh. Eight seconds. Two kickers. Yep. Which one? Cincy or Pitt? Uh, Cincy. Cincy, it is. Last pick of the draft, round five. It looks like Pittsburgh kicker was picked the most in that one. Round five, we have Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd, and Smith-Schuster. Smith-Schuster even caught the ball. You want to go Boyd again and really put all our money on him? You want to go Dalton? Uh, Let's go Dalton. Dalton it is. Okay, there we go. Our draft is set. We'll probably report back next week because this podcast will be over by the end of quarter three. (laughs) How much money do I owe? Uh, that was a dollar bet, but you're not going to owe anything. If we win, then you can maybe win something. What would you? If what, not, what would the maximum hey. winning be? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's a few thousand in this. That's split. And how do you win? Uh, total prizes are now three thousand two hundred and fifty. And how do you win? Uh, payout structure. Let's take a look here. Oh. Let's see, payout I'm, structure. I'm very interested in this DraftKings thing. I'm I'm very happy I don't have a smartphone. Otherwise, I'd have no more money in my bank account. Yeah, I've won a decent amount. I've also lost a decent amount. <laughs> uh, first place, it looks like, is $100. All right. So not too bad. I think the highest I've won on one contest was, 
I bet two dollars and one thirty-five on women's soccer. Okay. And you've so lost one hundred forty-five. <laughs> no, I, so I'm only playing with their money actually now. So I took a free ten-cent bet coupon and have been replaying it and replaying it with the money I earned back. So I'm actually just playing with free money of theirs. I brought it all the way up to like thirty bucks. So, so you want a good financial advisor? Talk to Joey McDermott. He'll, he'll be your uh, <laughs> he'll be your guy. I just like to play with money. free money. Like I feel yeah. no, I feel like I can go for the crazy bets because it's not really my money in a sense. Like I want it from them. Oh yeah. And then usually when I hit like thirty to forty bucks, I end up taking fifteen to twenty out, yep. and then just playing with whatever the fifteen to twenty remaining is. And seeing how that goes. And then if I hit a big price point again, I'll withdraw and put it in the bank account. So there you go. Anyway, that was a fun little flash draft. Uh, fantasy football jumping back. So I am currently two and one. I'm going to win this week with 131 to 106, putting me at three and one in the OTN league. And Drew out of town. So we make fun of him a little bit. He does get his first win, though. 103 to 102 and a nail biter. He's going to be one and three heading into week five. So we're all still in it. I mean, Drew's had a little bit of a rocky start. You and I have both had winning records. Now we're tied up at three and one apiece. Uh, but all of us are still really playoff worthy still at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you can't really, you can't really do anything until probably week eight, middle of the middle of the road to figure out all right who's playoff time, who's really fighting for a playoff spot. So right, it'll be a it'll be interesting. I did make some changes to get Frank Gore um, and Cole Beasley, which I'm very happy I did. So, and now mm, that Melvin Gordon's like in, I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like both players have endless potential to be on. Well, not endless. Frank Gore is close to retirement. But <laughs> if he's shown us anything, he's consistent. He's been consistent for year after year. He's not putting up the craziest points, but it feels like he puts up a decent chunk. And then Cole Beasley, I think, has a higher ceiling over there in Buffalo than he did in Dallas. Uh, yeah. You know, Cole Beasley, I'm very happy. He actually knows how to get open um, outside compared to previous receivers that were in Buffalo. Um, and he brings that veteran presence too. Shouting out to our listeners. If you are listening out there, listeners, if you have any questions, shoot us up on uh, email or Discord or whatever we have for uh, questions-wise because we know a little bit about fantasy. So if you have those fantasy questions, um, hit us up on the Twitter, on the on the whatever resources we use. I forget that Joey announces about five times <laughs> every time uh, we end out here. So Yeah, Twitter's a great one. That's at come at me or at CAMB podcast. And you can also email us CAMB podcast at otnmedia.org. Uh, Tyler, in addition to that, we actually had a listener send a clip in. Um, I'm still cutting it up a little bit to get it to work, but you, me and Drew will listen to that listener clip next week. So that'll be an exciting one. Uh, I'm sure the listener is excited to get your reaction on that. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll have that for next week. And we will also hopefully dive more into the wild card races for MLB or the wild card race is happening this week, but then the playoffs for MLB do start up that next week. Um, outside of those wild card races, I do want to just touch on this really quickly before we end. Give me a quick summary of who you're taking in these first two wild card rounds. And that is the Brewers and the Nationals kicking things off tomorrow night at 8.08 p.m. Eastern Time. Brewers or Nats, who are you taking in this one? So I'm actually gonna be at the game. Fun oh, facts. hey oh. Yeah. Hey oh, I'm gonna be at the game. Thanks to my wife. Um, she said you can go to the game. Um, I was thinking about bringing Leo, but I'm I'm gonna go with the hometown favorite. I'm gonna go with the Nats. Uh, I have very low expectations, other than that it's probably gonna be a packed game and it's gonna be fun. But I'm hoping the Nats will pull it out because I do want to see them play against the Dodgers, um, which I feel like the Dodgers have just been destroying them uh, last three four years. So um, it would be good to see the Nats come out with a dub and then a curly W that is, and play the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, the Nats are super hot right now. I think they're 9-1 and one in their last 10. 
The problem with wildcard games is it's that one and done system. If you come out there, you have one bad inning, whether it be pitching, whether it be giving up runs, like anything really can go wrong in an inning. And that could be the whole game for you. So it's really the intensity of that wildcard round. There is no forgiveness here in baseball. Overall, I think on the paper, nine out of 10 times, the Nationals, maybe not nine out of 10 times, but I at least give them six out of 10 times. I think the Nats would win this matchup. I do think the Nats come out on top, especially at home. So hopefully they do a little pride there and then get a rematch the Dodgers again. And we'll see how that one goes. Over on the other side, over in the AL, we have the Rays and the Athletics. I'm actually going to take the Rays for the upset in this one. Both teams very, very similar in record. It is out in Oakland, so I think a bit of an advantage goes in the favor of the A's there. But the Rays, I think Tampa Bay as a city is a little angry after the Lightning bowed out early last uh, for the NHL playoffs. I'm hoping they have a little bit more oomph here with baseball and the Rays can get it done. Yeah, I'm going with the Rays as well. Um I think, yeah, with that kind of karma of having <laughs> lightning bounce. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> uh, that was great. Um, I had a big Tampa Bay fan in my uh, in my class, and uh, it was glorious <laughs> when <laughs> they got wiped out. Um, so um, shout out to him if he ever listens. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Rays. Sweet. So we'll have to see how all that pans out. Those wildcard games again happen this week. And then from there, we jump into the MLB postseason, the full effect of it. And we can do our predictions next week once we know what those wildcard teams moving on are. That'll do it here for the podcast. Like Tyler said, you can find us on Twitter at CAMB Podcast. You can also email us questions, comments, concerns, uh, what your favorite color is. We don't care. Shoot us email, CAMB Podcast at otnmedia.org. We'd love to talk about them on the show. And again, we did get a listener clip this past week, so we'll have those all cut up and put into next week's show to get some fun reactions. Last but not least, if you like what we do here and want to support the show and us as content creators, you can do so. Patreon.com forward slash OTN. Any little amount does a lot for keeping the network going, for paying our website costs, to keep the editing going on. There's a whole bunch of moving pieces here. Any sponsorships, any type of donations in that sense really help us. And we have some fun things to give away to our patrons as well. We've been ordering some fun stuff. So check that out again, patreon.com forward slash OTN. Give up that one Starbucks coffee for the month. Give a little donation here. We'll give it back to you in a lot of love um, as well as some cool little things. So check that out. Deuces.